Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. Thanks so much for your support watching us each and every day or listening to the program wherever it may be as Lockdown Blue Devils is your one stop here talking about everything going on in the life of Duke Athletics. Today is Thursday, February 15th, 2024. If you have not done so already, please be sure to follow us on X at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm there as well at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Blue Devils for free wherever it is that you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. Be sure to also subscribe to our Lockdown Blue Devils YouTube page to watch the show daily. Thank you so much for your support on YouTube. Again, hit that subscribe button, like these videos, share it with your friends. Really do appreciate all the support that we get here on the program. We're going to talk about Duke winning three in a row at home. They've got three straight coming up on the road. And joining us is Jordan Mann from the Big J and Little J Show. What's going on, my friend? As you can see on YouTube, if you're watching YouTube, I have to rep the Charlotte Hornets, JJ. 3-0 and since <laughs> we've made the trades. We look great. We're probably the best 13-41 and 41 team of all Ever. time <laughs> yeah. in the NBA history. I mean, Trey Mann. I have, I have to shout out basically my my brother, my family, Trey yes. Mann, for the Hornets. So if you're watching on YouTube, you're like, why is Jordan wearing a Charlotte Hornets T-shirt? Well, we're 3-0 and post-trades, JJ, so I'm very happy about them. Absolutely, absolutely. We love the Hornets. I've been known to wear Hornets gear on this very show from time to time. I'm glad you're doing the same. And, uh, yeah, Seth Curry, a Duke Blue Devil, coming back over in the trade. He's been yeah. playing really well. Mark yes. Williams has been on the Hornets. He's out hurt right now, so excited to see them come back and get at it. So, yeah, Duke and the Charlotte Hornets, both on three-game winning streaks. Yeah, and Trajan Landon interviewed this week for the GM job. So, you know, we'll see. Maybe it's <laughs> yeah. take over in Charlotte. Maybe that's what's been missing this whole time the last decade. There we go. Now we're going to get the answers that we need. That's excellent. <laughs> that's excellent. All right, well, let's talk about the Duke basketball team getting ready for a game coming up on Saturday at Florida State. They'll be going on the road after winning three straight games at home. Uh, we talked about the North Carolina game ad nauseum after the fact in Chapel Hill, and, and energy and effort were kind of the biggest takeaways that Coach Shire had. You were talking a lot about energy and effort on the defense, just in period. When you look at these three games, is it safe to say that's been better for the Stuke team? Is that one of the big reasons you think they've been playing successful? What's been one of those bigger takeaways that you've seen over these last few? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my voice just cracked there. But, yes, I mean, uh, the UNC game, obviously the energy was a concern. And then you could see that also in the Notre Dame game. But, you know, to sloppy wins, ugly wins are better than pretty losses. They had that on the road against Notre Dame. But Shire went 10 guys. I can't remember the last time Shire went five guys off the bench with significant minutes in the season. So he knew he had to get something going against Notre Dame and just – draw it in the mud, got it going, got a gritty win. And then Boston College, Duke started look, looking like Duke. And then you parlayed that into Wake Forest. Duke's back to their – basically, it was five guys, basically six guys. Caleb Foster and uh, Tyrese Proctor basically split 26 and 25 minutes apiece. But Duke got back to their Duke ways. It was like, this is the rotation. Caleb Foster's going to come off the bench, and then Ryan Young's going to play 
five minutes. And Duke looked good. I mean, Wake Forest uh, is a legit team. Like, I don't care what Joe Lenardi says. Joe Lenardi, I have a problem with him right now because Wake Forest is a tournament team, and that was a big win for Duke against a very good Wake Forest team. Yeah, a lot of Filipowski, a lot of Mark Mitchell on the post, very limited action for Ryan Young. Even Sean Stewart barely played against Wake Forest. I think he had a rebound maybe, uh, but didn't do a whole lot for the Duke basketball team in particular. And that was a Wake Forest team that's got three seven-footers. I mean, yeah. starting with Efton Reed, the Gonzaga transfer, they've got Carl. I mean, it just felt like there was size every single substitution that was being made. And we saw – uh, limited amount of of Ryan Young, someone who had been stepping up for Duke when they needed him in that position. What did you make? I mean, is this the, the move going forward when you've got a healthy Filipowski and Mark Mitchell to kind of limit those minutes for Ryan Young? I don't know. I was just a little surprised with the size mismatch that you would have thought Wake Forest had, uh, but Duke clearly didn't adjust what they were doing and wanted to stick with three-guard lineups. Yeah, I mean, look, I said this on the Big J and Little J show this week, and it will come out later later this evening, is I was very proud of Kyle Filipowski. I think this is one of the best games the Wake Forest game was because not only the stats I don't care about, but he played defense one through five on switches very well, and he locked up when he got put on a guard. And he played 38 minutes of a third game in five days. That's insane. Like a guy that has hip surgery this offseason, he has – Receive criticism, and some of it is rightfully so because there's times, look, you're on a pedestal when you're ACC preseason player of the year. you yep. got to show that day in and day out, and he was not doing it consistently. And then UNC game we talked about, Notre Dame, he did not play well. He started finally against Boston College, and then Wake Forest, we saw with Filipowski. We saw ACC, ACC preseason player of the year, Filipowski, against Wake Forest on both ends. He wasn't in foul trouble. He had two fouls against, like you said, three seven-footers. He was switched out on guards on defense. I was just very, I was very happy and very proud of Filipowski's performance on both ends, but especially the defensive end for Duke. Yeah, now it's the the shooting numbers that we point to, and we've been talking about that a little bit this week. Obviously, uh, I, I had posted on social media earlier this week about Kyle Filipowski shooting fifty seven percent from the free throw line in twenty twenty four. He's seven for his last twenty eight from three point range, so that's not great. But what I had not mentioned at all this week, Jordan, that's why I bring you on to make me think about all aspects of this, was simply that, the fact that, like, yeah, he wasn't in foul trouble. A big storyline in that game was that the bigs of Wake Forest were in foul trouble and had to keep switching some things up. But when Filipowski has struggled on that end of the floor defensively, sometimes picking up fouls on the offensive end, that just was not the case in this game earlier in the week. So thanks for bringing that up. I, I hadn't thought to think of it that way. Yeah, I mean, to go off of that, JJ, to I said this last week on the Big J and Little J show. I don't have the stats in front of me, but since the pit game from at Louisville January 23rd through the Notre Dame game on last Wednesday, he had four more fouls in every single one of those games. Wow. So that's a stretch of one, two, three, four, five games, and he's – you go back even farther in the season, he's dealt with foul trouble. But then Boston College and Wake Forest, he had two fouls and played a lot better defense just moving his feet and using his body well without fouling. And that's a talent in itself. And so that's where I'm just like, yeah, he was one of six from three. But, you know, I was really happy to see the way he shot the ball because the way – the problem with Filipowski and his shooting struggles from three is he'll catch it high and then go low and then go back high. 
He doesn't catch it low, then go high immediately. But the first possession of the game against Wake Forest was a corner three to Phil Pauska. He was shot ready. The ball's in the shooting pocket. He shot, he hit the bottom of the net. And I thought other looks from three were the same way. It just didn't go in. And that was encouraging to see because I haven't seen his three-point shot look that crisp since the at Pittsburgh performance back in uh, January. So Duke down 19 and 5, 10 and 3 in the ACC. And Kyle Filipowski is going to be a big reason why Duke can make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. Questions as to whether or not they will make that. Uh, we'll talk about that. I want to talk a little bit more about that Wake Forest game and more after we take our first time out here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Lockdown Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. It's a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events. Right now, new customers can sign up and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Again, Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats, exclusive flash deals, and sponsored deals on tickets for football, baseball, basketball, concerts, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's pretty impressive. So go ahead, again, use code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at checkout for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. Again, J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Jordan Mann uh, of the Big J and Little J show. Most recently, Duke did play Wake Forest because of the home games, uh, Wake by far the best team amongst them. As soon as the game concludes, John Shire quickly points out the fact that he really believes that's a tournament team. I've heard different voices throughout the show this week on various opinions, whether or not it is a tournament team and a lot of people are going to be discussing that. I think it's safe to say they're a good basketball team and a good win. What were some of the other things that you liked about the game, Jordan? Yeah, I mean, it was just look, I like what about what I like about Duke this whole season is a guy's going to have an off night. Tyrese Parker's been slumping in the last three or so games. And it Duke hasn't missed a beat really because Caleb Foster stepped up. And that's just that's what I like to see is when a guy doesn't step up who you think's going to step up. The guy, his counterpart's going to come in. Kale Foster's going to be like, okay, I'll play 25 minutes and I'll produce. Though Tyrese Proctor didn't play or didn't produce in his 25 or so minutes, Kale Foster's got it. And Jared McCain has been the most – him and Jeremy Roach have been the most consistent Duke players this 2024, JJ. I'd say in the last two months, those two guys are just reliable, going to give you 15 a night and play good basketball on both ends of the floor. No doubt about it. I mean, just a big game from the guards in particular, McCain and Roach, to your point, and, and Duke able to do uh, enough out of Foster and uh, Proctor because they got offensive production from Kyle Filipowski and Mark Mitchell. Mark Mitchell someone that you've talked about a lot. We've talked about him a good bit this week as well uh, as he tied his career high with 23 points on 9 of 14 from the floor, 1 of 2 from 3-point range. He had 8 rebounds. Uh, just an all-around great game for Mark Mitchell. As he gets better, uh, Duke gets better. The numbers going around this week, the Blue Devils 29-3 and in his career when he scores at least 10 points. Good stuff from Mark Mitchell. Yeah, Mark, Mark's been Mitchell, baby. I mean, I told Connor on our show last night, if you uh, 
had Mark Mitchell as the leading scorer the last three games for Duke, raise your hand because you're alive. Because <laughs> nobody had that in their card. Yep. Nobody had that in their card. And that's just like you said, like when he is playing this caliber, it just makes Duke's ceiling even higher. And it covers up the blemish that Tyrese Proctor has been inconsistent. That's okay. That's why basketball is a team game. You're allowed to have a guy have an off night, and then his teammates going to pick him up. And Mark Mitchell's, look, not a 14 from the field, dude, against those seven-footers around the rim. And Efton Reed was in foul trouble because of the aggressiveness by Mark Mitchell and Filipowski around the rim. Like, it's just good basketball is being played right now at Duke, and it's it's good to see. And obviously we're going to get into the road games because Florida State's the first road test. And the last thing I want to touch on, J.J., is Jared McCain, his, all, his rebounding, like – this is six games now this season where he's had 10 or more rebounds in four out of the last five games. He's had 10 or more rebounds. Like, yeah. And he's a below-the-rim guard. That's the thing. He's like a 6'2", 6'3", wing, but he's not a high-rising 6'2", 6'3", like Trevin Duvall was at Duke at point guard. He's below the rim that makes it like makes layups, doesn't posterize people, yet he's jumping and out-rebounding seven-footers consistently going for the glass. I mean, it's just – that's a knack – that's almost a better talent, JJ, than his three-point shooting to me. I, I promise you. Like, that's an impact play of getting those loose balls at his position. No, I love it. I, I mean, thinking about what he's been able to do on the glass, I've started to watch it. And, and I think other people that watch each and every game, Duke basketball fans, that is, the first rebound that he grabs in the game, you start to notice the rest of them because there are so many of them, and he just makes such a concerted effort to go and do that. You mentioned his touch. You mentioned the layups. We've talked about the three-point shot throughout the entire season, but I want to highlight the, the, the layups again and just kind of the package that he's working with because he had a couple of finishes, uh, not only in this game, but in this three-game winning streak for Duke, where it is like a seven-footer kind of in the area protecting the rim, and somehow, some way, he's got just enough English on the basketball to let it fall in. Yeah, and the UNC game, I mean, he was attacking the rim and he had some soft touches off the rim that I was like, there's no way that's going in. But he just he played it well and it, he got the friendly role. And that's honestly a credit to him of really adapting to college basketball speed, because when he was starting this season, he was getting to the rim, but he wasn't finishing around the rim consistently. You could see the game, the pace of play was a little too fast for him at first in the November. But you know what? Like I've said on this show many times, college basketball doesn't matter in November. It matters in January and February. He's reached his stride in 2024, and him finishing around the rim has really opened up more shots for him in the three-point line. Yeah, excited to see how he can continue to uh, improve and find ways to impact Duke on both ends of the floor because I think Jared McCain is going to do exactly that. All right, you touched on it just a moment ago, but Duke does get ready to uh, take on Florida State. It's the first of three straight games on the road for the Blue Devils. Florida State lost to Virginia Tech earlier this week. This is not a Florida State team that we're used to seeing in past years. However, I will remind everyone that this is a road basketball game in college basketball this season where it has been difficult for a lot of people to go and win. And Florida State in particular has been a tougher place for Duke to go and compete what are you thinking about when you look at these two teams? Yeah, I mean, look, you got to throw the records out the window because the last time Duke played at Florida State was a loss. And then the last time Duke played at Miami, JJ, was a loss. And the a last bad time loss. <laughs> and the last time they played at Wake Forest was a loss. So we're playing three road games straight, and the previous matchups, we've lost all three. So, don't love that. No, but, you know, it's just don't make it a streak. <laughs> don't make it a streak. Just make it a one-off. And – but. Florida State, regardless of the record, they're going to be giant again. They're always the ginormous team in the ACC, the biggest team in the ACC. And 
it's as a Duke fan, it's confident. I have confidence in Duke after playing Wake Forest, who was pretty tall, pretty solid uh, starting five, if you will. And Duke out rebounded them forty-one to thirty-seven, I think. So, like they can play with the big boys and they can beat small guards. So I just think Jared McCain is going to have to crash the glass just like he's been doing because it's going to take all five guys against an athletic tall team like uh, Florida State because they're going to make it tough for Duke. It's going to be a rock fight at Florida State, and Duke just has to be ready for it. No, excited to see it play out. This Florida State team, as we mentioned, just a couple of games over 500. I mean, uh, a pretty tough start to the year uh, for Florida State. It's not even a start anymore at this point as they're trying to gain momentum going into the ACC tournament. And size is something that you're going to be thinking about when Duke goes into these matchups once again. I'm, you think the game plan is sort of similar to what we saw against Wake Forest earlier this week? Is there more of a role for Ryan Young and Sean Stewart? What do you think? You know, it's always tough. I feel like I'm wrong every time somebody asks me this. That's like, why I'm asking you. Yeah. Ryan Young or Sean Stewart? And I'll say Ryan Young, Sean Stewart's going to play 12 minutes. I'll say Sean Stewart, Ryan Young's going to play 15. <laughs> but I think if it's seven-footers and they're athletic, it's got like Sean Stewart's going to get at least a media timeout, a media timeout stretch, I think. I think he's going to play at least four minutes where it's like, hey, see what you got. And then if it does well, he'll play again. If he doesn't, then it'll be Ryan Young that'll be taking those minutes. That's what I think. But I'm not great, JJ. That's why I don't. That's why I don't gamble as much. I don't win. I don't win very often. You've been wrong before. You'll be wrong again. But you have been right before, True. and and I think you can be right again as well. So, um, what about Tyrese Proctor, man? That's a player that's been getting uh, a good bit of conversation as of late. He hasn't been playing too well. Uh, took a really hard fall in the Wake Forest game uh, and continued to kind of tough it out and play through it. Uh, but what have you thought of his play as of late? Yeah, I mean, he just – it's kind of just how the season's been for him. You know, he'll play a three- or four-game stretch where he's really soft, really good, really solid. Then it's three- or four-game stretch where it's like, where's Tyrese Proctor? But same can be said for other guys on the team as well. And to go off the head injury, like, you just don't know. Like, he could have had concussion symptoms. He could have been a concussion. They didn't know. And so right. – Duke's going to keep it close to the best, so we won't know till tip-off. So if he does play, though, J.J., say he's fine, 100% healthy, I would like to see them really let him attack in the two-man game and the pick-and-roll that Duke's been so good at this season. But let Proctor really try and get get it going early. Like Get him and Flip playing two-man game early to where, hey, come off of this, go to the rim. If you get blocked, you get blocked. But you gotta you got to be aggressive. You're 6'5 point guard, like go be aggressive. And that's what I like to see out of him. I'm down for it. Absolutely down for it. Let's take one more time out. When we come back, we'll start to wrap things up. We'll talk a little bit about the ACC picture uh, and final thoughts. We'll get out of here here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. That's right. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel is an official partner of the NBA and the Locked On Podcast Network. Final few moments here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. JJ Jackson alongside Jordan Mann. Follow him on X at JMansTakes. He's given us takes here on the program today. 
uh, but you're also a part of the Big J and Little J show. Tell us a little bit about that, Jordan. What is it? Where can people find it? Yeah, so you can find it on Apple and Spotify, and you can find it on my personal YouTube account. It's at jman underscore. At jman underscore. I could not get just jman. It had to be jman underscore. And we love it. It, is, it has its own playlist of the Big J and Little J show. We have the first two episodes of YouTube out the last couple of weeks, and then the third one will be out later this evening, hopefully tonight. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to that content, uh, more content. And, yeah, I'm just ready to keep talking Duke basketball. Absolutely. Go check it all out. He and Connor O'Neill do a great job and uh, love all our visits with Connor O'Neill here on the show as well. So we got to talk about the ACC uh, as the North Carolina Tar Heels lost earlier in the week to the Syracuse Orange. We also saw the Virginia Cavaliers lose to the Pittsburgh Panthers. Now it's a pretty wide open ACC picture. Uh, Duke with seven ACC regular season games left to play. Never fun to get ahead of yourselves and then it come back and you know bite you in the tail. But uh, it is fun to kind of understand that, hey, Duke really in the driver's seat controls your destiny. You're going to play both North Carolina and Virginia on your home floor in this final stretch. Yeah, and to even backtrack a little bit more, JJ, I remember when I came on here defending Duke losing to Pittsburgh at home because we were without Mark Mitchell and Jeremy Roach, and people were like, can't lose to a bad Pittsburgh team. And I try to tell people, Blake Henson can shoot the heck out of the ball. Yeah. And then, like, when you play – He was making shots against yeah. Virginia, man. Wow. When you play, when you're a disciplined defense like UVA is, what's going to beat you is a shot maker that can hit just the craziest shots, which we saw him do in Cameron. And he yeah. just began in Charlottesville. And, look, that's a bubble team. Like, I really think it is. And a guy like Blake Henson makes March Madness fun. A bubble team, you got a guy that can get really hot and shoot some crazy shots. But I thought that was a great win for Pittsburgh more than the bad loss to Virginia, in my personal opinion. And uh the Syracuse performance, do they shot like 64% and they were contested shots against UNC. So it's just, it was a crazy night. And now Duke is in a pretty good spot. I know this team outside is going to be saying, Hey, don't look ahead. I would imagine that the, the psyche of an athlete has you thinking about those things a little bit from time to time. You know, these student athletes are on social media a lot. They see these things. Uh, I'm just curious how how easy or how difficult it is going to be to focus, you know, kind of game by game because uh, you want to raise banners in Cameron. You want to be able to do that for the regular season. You want to do that for the ACC tournament, national championship, uh, and that sort of thing. But uh, I'm just curious how all that plays together. Yeah, and to really help it out, to maybe ease Duke fans' minds, is like I said, Duke lost the – at Forest State, at Miami, at Wake, last time they played him. And the good news is John Shire was either the head coach or was on staff during all those losses. So he knows that Duke is in the is in the driver's seat for their own destiny. But he also knows, hey, we lost at this place last time we played here. Like, you got to lock in. I don't care what the records are. Like, we got to lock in at Florida State. And I know that's going to be the main focus for Saturday. And then yeah. against, and at Miami, it's like, hey, we lost about 22 last year at Miami. And – I'll give you a fun story real quick, JJ. I said it on the Big J and Lil J show. I'll give it to your listeners as well. So my best friend, uh, his brother is Jordan Miller from Miami or formerly from Miami. And so when they beat Duke last year, I always had to hear about it. But then when they played in Cameron, they beat Paula Bancaro. Miller got an offense rebound over Paula Bancaro and then passed it out. And they ended up scoring a big bucket. And that's what won the game. 
I got an immediate text message after the game and said, that's for you, J-Man. And I was, <laughs> I've was i never been so angry after a Duke loss and also so happy for a friend. But I will yeah. never forget that moment at Miami. So when Duke plays Miami, not only in football for me, as people know, I'm a Duke football fan, and Manny Diaz is going to have his come around in Miami. I, it's a big rivalry for me personally for Duke basketball against Miami because of that personal connection. No doubt about that. So, so Florida State this weekend, then Miami uh, in the week, and then next Saturday, the February 24th, is when Duke will play Wake Forest on the road there in Winston-Salem. You made the John Shire point. Mm-hmm. I also am curious, Jordan, since so many players returned for Duke this year, like that's got to be a little bit of extra motivation to be locked into these games. and that Because a coach can say this all they want to, and I'm sure they do year in, year out. But it's when it's been Duke teams with freshmen who have not been in this spot before, it's probably a little bit more difficult to truly understand the gravity of what your coach is saying. I'd like to think it's an advantage in that regard that someone like Roach and Filipowski, Mitchell, Proctor have been there before. The the first guy you said is the key right there. Jeremy Roach, a senior point guard, because a point guard is a, the most important position, and you have a senior point guard that is running the show. That is the guy that if you don't listen to Shire or the coaches about it, you better listen to You're going to listen to him. That's your teammate. That's who you share the locker room with. He knows what's at stake, and he knows with his pedigree at Duke what it takes to be where Duke needs to be. So I, at the end of the day, I can sleep easy at night knowing that Jeremy Roach is going to have the guys locked in before we play at Florida State. Big game coming up on Saturday for Duke, taking on Florida State, 2 p.m. Eastern time tip off for that one all right Jordan uh, before we get out of here you of course will return with us again next week to talk a little bit about Duke basketball with us a big push a big initiative across the Locked On College channel with all of our shows big news in the college sports space earlier today as uh, we got a little teaser about college football 25 coming back EA Sports making the return you're grinning from ear to ear already. We know that this was uh, just a, a big part of everyone's growing up and, and video game pass and that sort of thing. But all the college shows on the Locked On Network are tipping their cap to EA Sports for making this thing happen. How excited are you? Oh, dude, I won't be able to sleep. I will be I'll be 30. I'm, I just turned 30 last week. I'll be a 30-year-old grown man on a Friday night. And I will not sleep for 48 hours playing. <laughs> I will win three national championships and Duke football will be led by Malik Murphy. And I have like the top five ranked recruiting class until like 2029 by work Monday morning. Yeah. I'm like, I, I can't believe, JJ, that it's been that 12 years, something yeah. like that. The last game was 14 and they're coming back with 25. Yeah. So 11 years, basically. And to think of like an 11-year-old out there has no idea what's about to get. Like, <laughs> dude, you don't understand. Even like 16-year-olds, JJ. Like, yeah, right. I am. it's going to be Christmas for me and people like me. And I can't wait to play with not only Duke, but I'm going to find me like an Eastern Michigan and I'm just going to run the table. That's the way to do it. You know, you got, you've got the coaching carousel starting as a coordinator on both sides of the ball, uh, road to glory was a another fun game mode that people had in years past. Um, the mascot football games, I'd love for that to come back as well. And you got a blue devil out there at quarterback at every position. Dude, I'll end with this. My I played Road to Glory so many times when I was a kid that I played with one. I was a DB for Central Michigan. And it was like, I don't know, <laughs> I awful time. Yeah. But, I, 
but it's kind of pathetic saying it out loud. But boy, I'll tell you what, I played four years at Central Michigan, the Chippewas, baby. And then I went to the draft in Madden and got picked like fourth round. That's a big win for you, man. Absolutely. All right. Well, Jordan, thanks for the time as always. We'll talk to you again next week. Okay. It's always a pleasure, JJ. I love that. Yeah, a lot of road to glory memories for me too back in the day and coaching carousel as well. So the entire college channel and a lot of you college athlete athletic fans really excited about NCAA football 25 coming back this summer. That's going to do it for our show here today. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.